The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us on this interesting cattle type of Thursday is Brad Coima. He's with Coima and KMIG in Sioux Center, Iowa. And as we look at the markets, you said a Interesting day, to say the least, on this cattle trade. Sure was, Susan. Um, and thanks for having me on again, by the way. I always enjoy this. Um, I, like I said off air, you know, you picked a great day to call. This is actually maybe maybe the most, one of the more significant uh, chart days, technical days, that we've had in probably six weeks or so. Um, you know, what we've had here is a market that had been range-bound on the, looking at the June where the open interest is, uh, between 104 and 107, okay, give or take a little bit. Um, and what's been interesting about the market, and I'm anxious to see tomorrow, the, another phenomenon that's been kind of interesting, I think, is that this market has really lacked follow-through. Uh, yesterday we had a terrible close. I mean, it looked like, oh, no, this thing's going to fail. Uh, and the day before that, we'd had a very strong close. It looked like maybe we were finally going to go ahead and take out the highs like we did today, finally. So uh, this action here today, if you were strictly just a chartist, and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm a fundamentalist first and a chartist second, but, you know, being that these, these, these markets are highly influenced uh, by fund trading, which is technical trading for the most part, uh, I, I would think that that crowd is going to look at this like a, a breakout to the upside, which to me I think projects the June cattle to someplace a little over 110. Um, I'm really not various June cattle at all because of the steep discount to cash. Uh, but if we get that kind of a move, like say, and get the August up toward that 107 to 108 level, I would certainly, if I was a hedger, and I am, uh, be dialed into taking advantage of a move like that, Susan. What about for the weight on these cattle? Where are we sitting? Because they've had kind of an interesting spring, many areas wet, damp, other areas not so much. That's a great question. Um, my where I'm at, we had as difficult a spring as we've had in a long, long time. Uh, three big late snowstorms, um, uh, and it shows mightily on the performance of the cattle. I know my own cattle often uh, the last while have been coming in 40, 50, 60 pounds uh, below the tracking or behind what we thought they were because of the severity. That nothing hurts gains more than mud. Okay, not cold weather, not snow. Mud is, is is what hurts weight gains and rate of gain more than anything else. Um, so <clears throat> I think that's part of the story on the average weights. I think the other part of the story is when you're looking at a futures, uh, a whole setup like this, as steeply discount as this is, where the futures are a steep, steep discount, even more than it was last year, uh, with the markets telling you that the cash is going lower, okay? Um, and so, you know, that, that encourages us to get current and stay that way, which I would encourage all of us that are listening to, to, to do as well. Now, specifically on the weights, I don't know if you've maybe heard me say this before, if you haven't, uh, I'm going to say it again anyway. Uh, the, we got average. We get average weights every Thursday. Our right? official average weights from the USDA, uh, and and um, the weights are nearly two weeks old. The, the data is nearly two weeks old by the time you can get it. In other words, the weights this morning were for the week of I believe April 28. Uh, um, I don't have that date right in front of me, but um, uh, the average steer and heifer carcass weight. That's the one I watch. It was 8.29. Uh, the week prior was 8.36. A year ago. It was 828, so we're only a pound over a year ago. Um, and last year, of course, we had an 
unprecedented the way we peeled the weight off of the of the cattle this time of year. Everybody said, well, there's no way we'll ever do that again that fast. So it's pretty interesting that we're almost right on pace as the same as last year. That's a good thing because as we get tonnage off the market, it's going to smooth that, you know, that low out a little bit. You know, if we can pull a bunch of cattle forward now, it certainly should help us, uh, you know, when we get into the teeth of the summer, uh, you know, with some of that pull ahead and a little less tonnage around. Some light movement has been seen within the box beef trade. <laughs> the um, the box, yeah, well, I don't know how to comment exactly on that. I, I, I would say that anybody asks me how demand is, I, you know, generally speaking, I, I'm a, I would say that demand is not good, it is great, okay? Demand has been extremely good. Um, I, I've been hearing some, some uh, murmuring a little bit about what it costs to, like, buy, a, you know, a, a strip steaks, ribeyes, you know, that high-end, that, that, that grill-friendly that, that, that grill steak. And it, and it is, does maybe seem a little bit high, but I always remind them that, you know, they don't throw any of this away. They sell it as high as they can sell it. You know, so a big price is actually indicating that demand is pretty good. You know, last time I checked, the stock market was okay, all right? Uh, isn't the unemployment as low as it's been in I don't know how many years? Um, uh, you've got a little better uh, export market here going on, of course, too. Um, so I, I, what I've seen is a, is a big uptick in the average or in the uh, 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 meat sales for right in this slot now. And then it slows down, which it does every year, because you know they they know the demand will be good for Mother's Day, which is the number one beef feature of the whole year. Memorial Day is always good because it's the first warm weekend, right? Uh, and, and then you get another a different kind of a, a, a demand angle. Even Fourth of July is not a beef feature at all; it's a hot dog hamburger deal. So um, I can see that you're going to get a little slowdown in maybe in the number and the load count. But I, I sure would probably take a little bit of an argument with anybody that's worried that demand is the problem. I don't believe that's the case at all. What about for these feeder cattle? We've seen some light pressure on them in in the trade. Are we are we sitting okay for these guys? I tell you what, these feeder cattle traded terrible this week. Um, uh, up until finally the day where they, <clears throat> you know, got a little bit better, but it felt like boy they had to get drug uh, along by the live cattle rally. Um, uh, this is. I'm a little bit puzzled as well um, with why the the the, 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 the 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 lack of inspiration here in the feeder cow. This is the time of year where typically we'd have a very strong seasonal tendency to you know see August feeders gain from the end of April and all the way until really the first of August. Uh, I, I I can't really get my mind around how it can be any different than the fact that we'll have less yearling type cattle this. Uh, uh, late summer, early fall than we've ever had uh, because of the drought in the north last year. So, I, I guess I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit stubborn and be a little bit optimistic that the feeder cattle trade is going to. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are being joined by Brad Coima of Coima and Kame again, Sioux Center, Iowa. Before we jump over to the grains, I want to talk about. Not much change in the last couple of hours on the trade for the hog numbers as you look at the limited trade activity and not a lot of buyer support out there. The, um, yeah, well, the hog thing is, is um, trying to get up and out of here on, you know, what would typically be first two weeks of May. 
be a fairly strong seasonal that would support the idea that we go higher, significantly a higher percentage of time than we would go lower. Uh, you've got a you've got a, a little bit of a struggle because we'll look at the June hogs. It's almost twelve dollars higher than the May hogs. Um, so you got a huge premium already built in. Now, typically with hogs, I like to say, well, you got to you got to sell discounts and buy premiums because the market's smarter than what what what, what you think it is. So I think that the numbers for May hogs, the overall supply number for May hogs, I think is a little less than what it's been. I think the market's got some upside potential. I like the fact that we kind of nudged out a downtrend line today on the June hogs. There's a couple of gaps above us that we can go, you know, searching for. The first one is around $80. I actually am dumb enough to think that maybe we could take June hogs all the way back to 82. Um, as long as we don't get some kind of disruption in the demand, you know, I mean, we can't really talk about hogs without worrying about NAFTA, right? Um, but, you know, I, I continue to hear quiet assurances, but we'll see, you know, that we can get a, a, a U.S.-friendly NAFTA deal in place, and that we can put some of this unsettledness uh, uh, worry to rest, but uh, obviously your guess is as good as mine when and if that happens. Over to the grain side, let our grain guys know we didn't forget about them, a USDA's WASDE report as well today, but here... Guys have turned on pivots. I can't believe the number of Brad pivots I have seen running the 10th of May. Kind of unheard of. And then we look to you guys not very far up the road, and you guys are wanting the rain to shut off so you can finish this crop. Yeah, I know. It's, that's, it's, that, that, I had no idea, actually, that it was quite that dry right there. I, you know, my, 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 my dad would, um, would chide me if we were alive. You know, he always said, you never root against the rain. I hear you've got a situation where you, you I, I think our county is only something like 12 or 14 percent planted Sioux County. Um, normally we'd be long done and well into the beans by now, but, uh, and it looks like it's about to start raining here again. Um, so yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's kind of the rub of the green when it, when you're talking about weather and you're talking about the grain markets, there's always seems to be some spot that is not exactly perfect and it's variable across the whole corn belt. I, I guess, you know, going into this uh, report, a couple of things, you know, some of us have, um, and, you know, taken pretty hard note that the planning intentions report, you know, it seemed to have had some slippage in terms of where, where are all the acres, you know, as compared to a year ago. Um, you know, and I, if anyone was thinking there was going to be some uh, adjustment to that today, I was disappointed. I, I was, you know, I would have been shocked. Uh, typically, the USDA wouldn't make any kind of amendment to that until much, much later in the growing season. Um, there there uh i thought that the 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 current year the 2017-18 ending stocks numbers were very dull um you know slightly bigger on the corn than expectations they left it exactly the same from last month uh, the bean number was slightly less and i mean really slightly less uh, than the guess and last month where the surprise and where i think the initial little thrust to the upside came was looking at next year's ending stocks um uh where they took that uh, soybean number down to 415. The guess was 535, and right now this year it's at four at 530. So you can see that, you know, that makes things just a little more interesting. And I think that's what got us, you know, up there for a little bit. Here we had a little bit of a time holding on to that whole move, uh, but we did at least close five or six higher on the soybeans. Well, you look at those numbers, and obviously you don't guys don't have a lot of time to digest the information. The computers get to do all the first initial trading on it, but given the chance for today into tomorrow on trading this information how do you look well, at what the overnight into tomorrow might look like yeah I, that's that's a great uh, question i 
Well, that's one of the frustrating things about having a report coming out at 11 o'clock during the trade, if, at least if you do what I do for a living. Um, you know, as you start to try to understand exactly what, how we're getting to the numbers here, um, you know, you're building in a little bit of an uptick in demand. You're, you're carrying through the less acre story. Uh, you're looking at much more of a trend line looking yield, obviously, after what's been three monster yields, uh, particularly in the corn, three years in a row. Uh, we've never had four of that in a row. I don't know if we've ever had three, frankly. So, you know, you're getting some statistical, you know, uh, uh, influence here of wondering. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that the, that the export number, you know, to try to get a little more precise here on the corn, sure doesn't look like a big number. Uh, that looks like a number that's very beatable. Um, you know, I, I don't know what crude oil is going to do, but, you know, to, to, to think that you might not get a bit of an uptick in the uh, industrial use, which is ethanol, they call it industrial on the, on the reports, you know, should be pretty robust with crude oil as high as it is. So, you know, if anything, I, I would think that you could maybe argue that there's a little underplay in, in, the, in the corn news. I, I Sounds good. Best way for folks to reach you, Brad? 800-358-3047. Always enjoy talking to you, Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Brad Coyman joining us with Coyman and K-Mig. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. listening to the Rural Radio Network.